You're listening to the Mini Market Podcast presented by Tellum Sports. Okay. Welcome back to the Mini Market Podcast. That's right, folks. We did not get canceled. We just Woo. took a personal day last week, but we are back. We're ready to talk Vikes. We're ready to talk Wild. We're ready to talk the Wolves. Go Wolves. Go Wolves. I'm joined here by my good pals, Connor and Lucas. What do you think? Should we start with that 34-31 Vikings border battle W over those Green Bay Packers at U.S. Bank Stadium? This afternoon, Lucas, how you feeling? Great, honestly, that was a a really fun game to watch. Um, you know, we've talked about it a lot of the last, you know, pretty much the entire season. They've been close games, but they've been kind of boring football. Um, and it sounds like the Twitter sphere and a lot of the louder people have kind of gotten into the heads of either Kirk Cousin, Clint Kubiak, Mike Zimmer, or a combination of all of them. And I don't know, the team might just be a coincidence, but they're becoming more aggressive. They're taking more chances and they're a lot more fun to watch. I think these last two weeks um, and can coincidentally two wins. I don't know. Feeling good. Yeah. I think it's always fun to, uh, to beat your rival. And um, I think I, th- I, this makes me think of, PJ Flex initial press conference with the Gophers. Um, everybody was talking about beating Wisconsin, getting the axe back, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, What if and PJ asked him, What if I go one and eleven and beat Wisconsin? And half the room was like, Yeah, we'll take it. And so, like, sometimes those 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 rivalry games just mean like a lot more. And with the Packers being in first place in the entire NFC coming into this week, as a fan, you kind of look around and you might be like, Well, shoot, maybe, maybe we do have a team that can put it together. Now, I won't I won't flip flop. I think the season's dead. I think that I've I've said it all I've said it all along. So the season is, is this a was wash. the last flash. When, when we lose five one possession games, it's just like it's not meant to be this year. So I will not waver in that, but I do think it's it's a boat of confidence for Vikings fans to say we beat Green Bay and we kind of Yeah, I I I guess we'll get into it a little more, but it was just, it's just great to beat Green Bay. You can't complain about a Green Bay victory. Um, nope. I mean, we Kid know two in a row Green Bay victories yeah. too. We won last year at Lambeau. Yeah, there Suck you go. It. We we probably know Aaron Rodgers isn't at his best. It seemed like he was not quite the mobile, uh, shifty, crafty motherfucker that he usually is. I am, um, but. We got a lot more hits on him, a lot more pressure with four, and I'm not complaining about that. I don't give a, I don't care about your foot. If your foot's hurt and you're playing, you're playing. You know what Bingo. I mean? And I'm glad that we got to hit him a little bit, knock him down, because he might be one of the most frustrating guys to play against typically because he is so good in the pocket. He moves like he's got eyes. He's got thousand eyes, relentless. Shout out Yu-Gi-Oh! Um, he just moves like he knows what's going on and what's going to happen. And today was not that same story, especially in the first half. Uh, so it was, a an enjoyable game to watch, uh, Rogers land on that turf quite a bit. Um, yeah, big time, but we'll kind of get it going here. Yeah. Uh, one thing off that though, real quick. Um, it was a little frustrating at first because like he would still like avoid the sack and usually he just like takes that one or two extra steps and then just like completes like a 25 yard pass down the middle or something like that. And he was just throwing incompletions today and then taking hits. So yeah, big time plus to see that shout out front four. You know, one thing about Rogers and quarterbacks like that, like I was watching the start of the Patrick Mahomes Kansas City Chief game. And like, it's like when they backpedal, it's almost like their hips are square to the offensive line. And so like they're able to see more as opposed to somebody like Kirk who drops back with his with his shoulders kind of like p- perpendicular to the yeah. offensive line. And so like I think that's why what makes a lot of those guys so much shiftier in the pocket. Like Aaron Rodgers is, is even with a turf toe situation or whatever he's got going on, he's still able to like drop back and move within the pocket. 
and like to evade rushers, which is like it, it's exactly what Isaiah said. It's so frustrating when you bring the right blitz package or you're about to get home, but then he like slips behind to the other side of the offensive line, and all of a sudden he's he's out of the pocket, and guys are forty yards downfield, and he's about to launch one, and mm-hmm. you just know all that that yeah. scenario ends all the time. So it's it's interesting. I kind of noticed that today watching the Packers and then watching the beginning of the Chiefs game, like to see how those guys control the pocket a lot a lot better than some less athletic quarterbacks yeah and it's like a good shortstop or like a good second baseman where it doesn't exactly matter for their footwork they're gonna get the mm-hmm. throw there so like what you're describing is probably not what any like quarterback coach would yeah. want for their quarterback but they just have they're athletic enough they have the arm strength they are comfortable throwing like that it's like that they're turning to when they're not you know, they don't get to step into their throw, but they're still going to put it on target. They're still going to have the right amount of velocity on it. So, yeah, I mean, it's part of what makes the game enjoyable to watch as frustrating mm-hmm. it is as it is with Aaron Rodgers is like you just you have this desperation and you can feel the same level of desperation from a fan's perspective as like, the, you know, the D coordinator and Zimmer and, uh, you know, and the, the whole D line where they're like, I can get a hand on him. I can grab him, but I can't bring him down. And it's, it feels like it's one of those times in sports where you emotionally as a fan are exactly at the same level as the players. And I think that's what like makes these games so interesting to me to watch. It's like you just feel connected in a different way. No, I appreciate the passion. But with that said, um, we will get a little bit into it with this Vikings W. Um, you know, we usually do the happy, crappy, happy after a loss as a way to kind of keep ourselves positive over here at the Mini Market Podcast. Um, but you know what? Vikes are five and five. We're not perfect. Everybody mm-hmm. can grow. We can all learn from our mistakes, even if we succeed. We can be better next week than we were this week. Uh, we can be better in two weeks than we were last week. However, you want to say it, however, you feel about it. So, we're all about growth and excellence here at the mini market podcast and we hope the same for all of our teams including these minnesota vikings um so we'll kick it off the segment section of this podcast with a little bit of happy crappy happy and now the mini market serving you a happy crappy happy sandwich And Connor, we'll start with you. All righty. Well, my first happy is the kicker. Greg Joseph, pounding one through. Uh, obviously, a little redemption for him after missing the extra point. Mm-hmm. Um, just great to see him end on a good note. I think it's been a wild year in the NFL for kicking, like abnormally bad in the NFL. And as Vikings fans, we're pretty used to that. We've We've talked about that numerous times on this podcast, but great to see. Greg Joseph, go out there, put one through the uprights at the end of the game, celebrate with the boys on a big win. Mm-hmm. My crappy is Kirk Haters. Oh, because oh, you're on notice. You're on notice, <laughs> Kirk Haters. Yes, you are. But here's, here's my issue. And I'm sure this play will come up again later. But I saw people on Twitter who are like saying things about like the Kirk interception that wasn't an interception, obviously, you know, like down the stretch or first play after we get the ball back, throws a pick, it drops, and they're just like, well, that's the play. Like, if you're, that's, that's just luck. Like, if he catches that, well, but my, my issue with that is that when the same exact thing happens the opposite way where, like, it tips off somebody and it gets intercepted, well, and then if a Kirk lover says, oh, that's just unlucky, they're like, well, no, you got to put yourself in good chances to win. So they're on notice because it's an agenda and they're just trying to fit the agenda. However they can do it. Ultimately wins leads a game winning drive. You could argue twice because the first one, it was like, great. Two minutes left. Defense got to get a stop and we win this game. Yeah, Worst defense in history in the last two minutes. No, actually I spin zone on that. Um, Come on. My third happy is, so I'll just end my crappy there. My third happy is, the strategy by Zimmer, you know, a lot of times when you get down in the game, you let the team score 
like when they're down into the red zone and you're down by like one point, you let them score so you can get the ball back. I think it was brilliant. Let them score on the first play. Give yourself the full amount of time to go down then and win the game. I think brilliant strategy by Zimmer. If there was ever a time I wanted him to stay the head coach, it's today. By tomorrow, that'll be over. But I think just a brilliant move by the Minnesota Vikings as an organization to let the Packers score on their first play, giving us full two minutes and a little change left in the game to drive down and put it on what some are saying is the best quarterback in the NFL, according to stats against the Packers, who have a really good defense. I don't know if you guys saw that stat. Where like the last few games he's played, they've played like Tyler Murray, Patrick Mahomes, and just shut him down. Not shut out Dines. Russell Wilson. Nah. Big day, big day for first Kirk time Dines. ever. Shut yeah. out Russell Wilson. People forget about that. Mr. Unlimited. Yeah, they're they're the opposing QB QBR coming into today was like eighty two. Yeah, and he was perfect through like the first seventeen minutes of the game or something was like that. Like one forty four and so, half. Honestly, it's similar to how the Patriots have operated. When you got a guy who's just a dude at quarterback. You just do enough to win, and that's what the Vikings did today. Great strategy. Whoop. Great strategy, folks. You heard it here first. Uh, I, too, love the, uh, you know what? You're never going to stop Aaron Rodgers. Like, I, I'm a defense defender. Mm-hmm. We know this. I'm the yeah. number one Minnesota Vikings defense defender. So you just, but with Aaron Rodgers, two minutes, you know he's going to score. You oh, just, everyone knew. So I love it. Let him score the first play. We get the ball. We're in control. We're the drivers, not the passengers. Shotgun, psych. Kirky uh, baby. If I may on that too, one thing that I more seriously, obviously there's a little sarcasm in there, not too much, but a little bit. Um, one thing that I did love was them going with like a zero, I think they call it a zero blitz where there's no like safety zone over the top. I like that play on first down because if we do get burned, like we did and give up the touchdown, like it sucks, but like we can still recover from it potentially. And you trust your offense. But if it hits, now it's second down and 20. And you, you maybe you cause a fumble. Maybe you do a lot of good things can happen from doing that. It just obviously didn't work out, but it also did work out. So great game today. Go, Vikes. <laughs> just call that mm-hmm. rolling the weighted dice. All right, Lucas, give us your meaty sandwich happy crappy happy all righty first happy um rewind just a little bit from that mm-hmm. uh touchdown by the packers that last touchdown so the vikings are down i believe it was 24 23 just before the justin jefferson touchdown we have a third and three third and Thielen. Thielen it. he gets three yards he runs to the fucking sticks way to go I'm glad he actually got tackled instantly. There was probably an argument that he was he was just short. Um, and honestly, I thought they were going to challenge and reverse it. But way to go. We got the first down, and it inevitably led to the touchdown shortly thereafter. So Get into the sticks. Let's that go, made baby. Me happy. Yep, yep. Um, crappy, I think. The O-line certainly had their hands full today. They got babied a little bit. I saw reverse pancakes getting bull rushed. <laughs> Christian Derrissaw was getting thrown around out there. God knows the interior was terrible for a little bit. First play of the game, they D-tackle almost took the hand off from Kirk. <laughs> like, Jesus. Oof. But they got it done somehow. So, woof. Last happy? I was going to say, was that happy or a, a crappy? Uh, that was crappy. It was <laughs> okay, supposed good. to be crappy. I yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. I'm steering back towards the happy. Um, just all around an awesome win. It's the first win this year, I believe, against a winning team. And the Packers are, before this game, we're sitting pretty high up there at the top of the NFC. So really great to see to see that. And um, we touched on it. The, the, the offense just kind of shredded a dominant Packers defense the last few weeks. They were just not the same defense as as they were against those other teams. So um, when the offense has been such a concern this year, it was really great to see them shine a little bit today. Yeah, we should note there were some injuries for the Packers too, like Rashad Gary that probably hurt, but like nah, we don't need to. We like, don't need to get it's it. also like a bit scary. Like the Packers D-line is good. Like I sent you guys a message that during mm-hmm. the during like, I don't know, early for second quarter maybe, and I was like, D- 
Green Bay's D-line's eating. Like, they are getting through. That, that was the one time I'm like, all right, let's do those rollouts that we love to do. Because let's get them out of the pocket. Let's move around. <laughs> and we just kept trying to run it. And not going to lie, I was getting pretty pissed for a while. I was like, listen, we can't Ooh, run it. Speaking of that, we got to touch on this. Their D-line's good, I guess, is my point. You just reminded me. Third and one. We do a toss to CJ Ham. I know, Connor, you were pretty upset about that. I did not love the play call. I, I appreciate them trying to get a little, a little creative, but that is not the time or the place to, to try a toss. Nothing like with getting playmakers Ham. in space. That was. Hey, I mean, they, they saw his hands two, week, or last, two weeks ago, and they're like, you know what? This guy can do whatever. We'll just get him out there. Yeah, get him in space. He is a playmaker. I just had that feeling watching that play of like, uh, I mean, if this was Dalvin Cook or even Alexander Madison, it's an easy first down. Like, they blocked it well, I thought, or well enough that like a, a back gets that yard. But yeah, that was a yeah, weird play call. for Augustana football, that loss, and then they also lost uh, in the first round of the playoffs to Bemidji State, Roll Beavs. All right. Um, well, moving on. Okay. Well, I'll do my, I'll do my quick, happy, crappy, happy. Um, my first happy is a little bit of schadenfreude, which is the Packers kicking game Suck kind it. of sucking the last few weeks. Uh, Mason Crosby has missed eight field goals already in the first half of Mason the season. Oh, ding, 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 ding. Suck it. Um, so I don't know as, as a Vikings fan, just watching a game, uh, having the conversation be about the kicking game struggling and it not being our team. I felt just really good about that. And it, was even better that it was the Packers because they just seem like they have been so solid for the longest time, like almost our whole lives. Yeah. They've just been like, never have to worry about the kicking game. And as a kicking guy, it might be a reason why they've been so they good for so long. But I digress. It just felt good to watch that team and that unit struggle a little bit. Still love kickers overall. So Mason, if you need me, I'm here for you, baby. Okay, my crappy... Insert the sound bite. God damn it, Everson. It was Everson Griffin. Jumping off that. <laughs> Not jumping. No, why me? Uh, it was so funny. It was so funny because it was, uh, I was, so at this point, I was driving somewhere. So I was listening to this part of the game. And so you get Ooh, Paul. I got to hear that. And you so you get Paul Allen, and uh, you know it's this big third down, and it's kind of I think it's the first quarter, and it yeah, and it's kind of building. It's just like this energy. Paul Allen, he you know he builds energy well. Um, so he's, it's this massive play, and then he just does his thing where he goes fully deadpan. He goes and the obligatory Everson Griffin jumping off sides, <laughs> and I just died laughing. And then they called the full start, and they talked about this whole thing about the. Apparently, the Vikings kind of talked to the refs and they said, you know, they're they're doing something on their side. We'll look out for it. They caught him on this time. And I was like, wow, that is a break. Like, that's a good sign for today. We don't get that break. Very next play, Everson lines up all sides. It was so funny. <laughs> it's just like, dude, dude the you just they're just going so lucky. And they just give it right back. Like, zero, zero God, spatial no, they, awareness. I saw it. Oh my they God. showed the, the, the video. Like, phantom false start. I couldn't see it. The the announcers oh. were like, I'm not sure yeah, what they, they were saying, but the ref did. They like you heard him on the microphone say like I warned you or something. Uh, yeah, and yeah, I, I, but still, I didn't see it. And I was like, Everson got the biggest break of his life right there, and then he just goes, Nah, that was too easy. I got it. yeah. It's like he's got a bet. I'm gonna have over under one penalty <laughs> every game for jumping offside. It's just so funny to watch the next play and like. There are so many goddamn lines on a football field, and like he's just he's just like the the ball the ball is at his shoulder pads. Like, like yeah, what? Dude, that's they what they said. Like he's they a foot and a half him. over. And then his look, <laughs> the look on his face when they showed him, just I've never been over the line in my life. Yeah, he was just so confused. He was probably like, I think they only marked it off four yards. <laughs> I mean. At what point is that like stuff like that is just so unacceptable? I feel like for a veteran of his status in the like, how long has he been in this league playing football? <laughs> like, that's the one know, thing you put your hand behind the ball, your head behind the hand. It's like rule one. But it does. Mm -hmm. but it's just kind of like say, at this point, 
you know what you get with Everson Griffin. Yeah. There, it, you're yeah. right, Lou. You're 100% right. He should not be doing I think, this stuff. Yeah, he's but just, it's like, just like, he doesn't care anymore. He's done he's it like, his whole career. who are they going to replace me with? Yeah. 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 Um, so that one was, it was a crappy, but it was pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Um, my final happy is I'm kind of deciding I'll go, I want to go Kirk, but you know what? We all knew Kirk was going bald. Yep. Kirk bald. Great. So my happy is for the NFL. I'm very happy for the NFL because they have, they just, they have the best, the best league in all sports. Mm. And I'm, you know me, I like the NBA, but the NFL, think about this two weeks ago, probably half of Vikings fans were like, bah humbug. This one's over. This season's over when they lose to Baltimore in overtime. Connor hand up. Yes. yes thank sir. you. He was one of them still is to his, but for the people like Lucas and I, where we were like, we were done, but now we're back. Maybe the span of two weeks, the world can shift mm. completely. You know, I mean, we went from this season is over. We're firing everybody to, we just beat the Packers. We Are got we the best you know, team in the NFC. <laughs> we just won two in a row. The offense is cooking all of a sudden. You know what I mean? Like now we're starting to see this team play at what is it their full potential? Maybe. I don't know. Um, so it's just like there's no other, and we'll get to the wolves later, because like my comparison is the Vikings went from season over, where a lot of Wolves fans were like, season's over way earlier. Vikings win two games, seasons back on. Wolves would have to win like nine in a row to be like seasons back on. So um, the NFL, they've just done it perfectly. They just have this beautiful thing that they've created. And so kudos to them. You're my happy way to go. NFL. Nice. It's rare. They get that kind of praise. So well done. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, Roger. Um, if you're wondering, I am looking for employment. Okay. Moving Unrelated. on folks. Uh, we are going to talk about our MVP and our goat of the week. And no, not that goat, folks. We're talking uh, 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 that kind of goat. Mm-hmm. It is the worst player of the week, best player of the week. Somebody's staying on the island. Somebody's getting kicked off. Is somebody coming back onto the island? What? We'll find out. We'll have Lucas kick us off. Who do you think was the worst? Who was your goat this week? Uh, yeah, my goat, I kind of hinted at it, but... I got to go Mason Cole, the center this week, just was on his back and getting pushed back into the backfield. Just looked like about 70% of the plays. Um, So I can't have that. Can't have that getting, usually Kirk gets tripped up or something pretty easily by stuff like that. Shout out to Kirk. Didn't happen today. So been working on his footwork, I guess. Um, But yeah, it was, it was tough to see. He got blown up a lot today and just can't have that from the center. Lucas loves to pick on backups. We found out uh, he wanted to kick off the third string uh, tight end, which he did <laughs> successfully. Exactly now he's going after the backup center. You, Alex, my friend, are a bully. You're a bully. <laughs> yeah, grab all your starter friends and let's push this guy off the river. <laughs> Look at this unathletic kid. Let's bully him. That's Lucas. All right, Connor, did you have a goat this week? Yeah, I mean, you it's just so funny. Like, to the idea of voting off a second string when it's like, they're just kind of doing their whatever they want. But with that said, um, my go of the week is Mason Cole. Uh, he was the center today, and he just played really poorly. Oh. And I, I mean, mm. he was getting blown up in the backfield left and right. So actually, um, that's who I had this week. Isaiah, I'll turn it over to you with that. Okay, amazing. Yeah, so um, if anybody knows me, I succumb to peer pressure. So I think we should kick off that stupid nerd soft boy, Mason Cole, who was playing center this week. Yeah. He did that guy should be a backup. He was, How's he even playing? Yeah, he should be. In any other team, he'd be a backup. He was getting pushed into the backfield, reverse pancaked all day, yeah, left and right. Waffle. Couldn't figure it out. Yeah, he was a sieve at best. So um seems like we're in consensus. We're going to go with uh, the nerd boy, Mason Cole. See ya, bud. Hop on oh. that little bitty boat. Revenge of the nerds if he ever gets back on the island, but it's pretty tough for uh, an yeah. offensive lineman to be MVP. So good luck, pal. Especially backups. All right. <laughs> Has um, anyone come even close? There's not a chance we let anyone. I'll tell back you what, on one of island. these weekends, Ezra Cleveland is going to be the go to the game. I love him. He had a good game today, I think, in a lot of ways. I mean, he definitely got bullied around, but he's had a pretty good season this year. Big fan. Keep an eye out for 72. All right, watch it, folks. Okay, moving on. So we've kicked off now uh, 
What was his name again? Breland, Brashad. No, no, the, the guy we Ma- just did. Mason Cole. Oh, Mason Cole. Okay, so we just kicked off Mason Cole. And C2, Mason now two. joins uh, Breland, Westbrook, Lucas's favorite, Chris Herndon. If people don't know that Bully. name, he's the third string tight end. Lucas bullied him really hard. Yeah, I think he's Rashad he Hill, cut after Uli Lucas Udo, and Clint Kubiak. I think we also threw off um, D.D. Westbrook, an announcer. So suck it there. Um, <laughs> yeah, who was that? We'll move on to our <laughs> MVP of the week. Um, shout out to Theo, one of our good listeners. Got a message from him today saying. I think your MVP should be obvious. So let's see if we're all in consensus with Theo. Theo Epstein listens to this podcast. Not oh, that that's Theo. We would like to disavow From that beyond Theo. The grave. We are talking about a totally different Theo. Um, this one's good. Shout out Thelonious. Shout out. I'll take this one. Um, I feel like it's pretty obvious. Justin Jefferson balled out today. Um, Ding, 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 ding. Kind of a, a little spin zone here. Um, kind of a big day for me personally, uh, just to run through my fantasy team. Jalen Hurts, 30.78 points. Jonathan Taylor, 53.4 points. A.J. Dillon, yeah, not a fan, right, Vikings? But still got 15.7. Justin Jefferson, 37.2 points. Dallas Goddard, 11 points. Cleveland D9, still waiting on Mike Evans, Jamar Chase, and Chris Boswell. And I'm at 162 points right now. This is an all-time week. I may eclipse 200. So shout out to Justin Jefferson in a big way. More than that, shout out to Indianapolis for running up the score against Buffalo. I was going to say, Jonathan Taylor dropping 50 for you. 50 (laughs) I think he deserves a shout out. In fantasy, get out of here. Not to mention, Derrick Henry's just chilling on my bench because he's a little backup himself. Anyways, JJ, big week. Got to be the MVP. All right. Um, folks, you can wake up now. That segment is over. Connor is done talking about his fantasy what? team. If you had tuned out, you can tune back in now. If you've pressed the 30-second forward button, give us a 15-second back, okay? You're going to miss some stuff um, if you do the 30-second button. This? But <laughs> What? Uh, okay, Lucas, besides Connor's fantasy team, do you have an MVP of the week? Or I just say Connor because he's a professional. Maybe, I mean, me. he, he might scratch 200. Uh, did you hear? And I am making fun of him, but I do need some help. My team is a brutal. <laughs> so, Lucas, go ahead. Yeah, not, uh, not going to dig too much into this. Touched on it. JJ, Gritty Jefferson is going to be the MVP Together. this week. A hundred percent, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. It's easy money, easy money. Okay, so I've got to switch up on my um, my MVP. It is, and now stick with me here. I don't like, but it. it's first quarters. I'm going first quarters is the MVP mm. for Minnesota sports this week. Um. But it, I'm really just saying Justin Jefferson because he had 100 yards in the first quarter. But Anthony Edwards balled out last night in, against Memphis in the first quarter. So rookie first quarters is my MVP. He went five for five from deep in the first quarter. It was absolutely perfect. Wolves win by like 40 against the Grizzlies. But I digress. Justin Jefferson was absolutely electric today. There's no way you could pick anybody else. Eight receptions, 169 yards and two TDs. I mean, that is like insane. And he was, he almost had a third. Yeah. That he was one yeah. yard short of That's like third. 37 Speaking, fantasy points. If you didn't know. And is that a full PPR league, Connor? What are, what are it we doing? It is. There? Yeah. Um, for those of you back in for the fantasy football talk, it is full PPR. Speaking of one yard short, this was something I've, I've been meaning to talk about on this podcast, but it's just, it's nothing to real, it's nothing big. But I think Dalvin Cook leads the NFL in, being down at the one yard line mm-hmm. or like he's done it like every between the one like. and the zero yard line dalvin cook i swear to you twice a game is down at the one yard line if and so full disclosure i'm 510 i always thought you know i could use an extra inch in length i've always wanted it maybe two extra inches give me that six foot mark in length or but, height what are we talking about here 
<laughs> well, you didn't slip. Okay. Uh, height. Get me to that six foot mark. But I would like to donate my oh. extra two inches of height to Delvin Cook because I think he needs it more than I do. The guy has been painfully close so many times, and I just wish for him that he could get those touchdowns. He usually gets them anyways on like the next play, just like he did today in that Justin Jefferson one. But I don't know what it is about him. Like, how do the Vikings? It's like the Vikings are in these close games, and Dalvin Cook is always in these tight like situations where he's two inches short, four inches short. You know what I mean? It's crazy. Dude. I'd like to see somebody do the full deep dive on that. So if we have any listeners who don't work on like Mondays or Thursdays or stuff like that during the week, <laughs> um, maybe do that research. We'll find out. I, I would just All like right. to say I'm wondering. I'd like to drop this nugget in there. Is it is there a drive issue? Does he not have the drive Ooh. to get the extra inch or two? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we should start thinking about that. Whoever's going to start the research project on this that apparently has Thursdays off. Um, yeah. Who does? <laughs> I mean, who would? Um, yeah, I would like to add that into the theory is potentially there's just not enough drive. Yeah. Insane. I will um, say, though, right. uh, fun to watch him go down at the end of the game, go down, kind of like tuck the ball, stay in bounds. You know, I, the, the announcers talked about it too, but like the last offensive play of the game, essentially, he picks up the first down and like goes down without trying to get into the end zone, which was a brilliant move, obviously. And then we were able to shave the rest of the time off and all that. So heads up play by him. Contradictory to that, Thielen went out of bounds, shouldn't have. Team guy. All right, Thielen, let's work on that. Oh, yeah. All right, so I will I will hit you with one more Vikings thing that I've been thinking about a lot in the Kirk Cousins era. Um, I would love to get some thoughts on this. It's the whole thing with Kirk Cousins, the whole time he's been here has been like, he's not clutch. He doesn't come up in those clutch situations and people are always like, the stats don't match what he actually is. You know, he, he crumbles under pressure in this big spots. He doesn't get the job done. Um, he's not a winner. And then on the flip side, you have, you know, Kirk Cousins is, he does a lot. He has all these like game winning game trying drives. He, um, you know what, like he, he doesn't have a ton of help around him. His offensive line is sometimes suspect this year, especially the defense isn't great. And, um, this year, especially this is all coming to a head, right? It's the Vikings are five and five, probably the exact record that they should have with a team that, um, is in so many close games. Um, and, and part of the thing about close games is you can kind of create whatever narrative you want out of it. And I think, uh, with the Vikings, there were high expectations going into the year. So people who like still like the Vikings want to like the Vikings have gone with the narrative of like, this is a good team. Like they've just been a little bit unlucky in these, you know, one score games. It's just like, whatever, it just hasn't happened in their direction. Uh, you know, the, the, you know, pillar hasn't tipped their way or whatever you want to say. Um, people who don't love the Vikings, specifically Kirk Cousins, are like, yeah, this this is this team. They're just not that good. They play to whatever level of competition they have. They, they point at things like the Cowboys game, stuff like that, right? So I've been thinking about it. I'm like, and I, I lean towards like overall in the NFL, close games are considered a coin toss, largely. Um, and again, this is probably a bigger research project than I've, than I've done, but I, I think that when you talk about close games, like they are a coin toss in the NFL, it takes a lot of the onus of the loss off the team, takes it off the coaching staff, off of execution, and just calls it luck. It's random. Um, but I, I feel like this Kirk Cousins team specifically, and I think over the last few years, again, probably have to do more research on this, but I think there's been a trend, and it's, and it's the penultimate drive. I'm calling it the penultimate drive. So if you think about that, it's, it's the drive when you have the ball with five minutes left. Either you're up a score, down a score in a close game. Good, like really good teams, Super Bowl teams, teams with like, you know, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, they a lot of the times win games on the penultimate drive and not the ultimate drive. And so what that means is when you're up a score, they can eat the clock. They can put together that five-minute drive that eats the clock and ends the game. When they're down, they can have this long drive. They can score and leave the team with no time left the, the going the other way. 
I, th- I think what I've seen a lot of the times with Kirk Cousin is the penultimate drive is disappointing. It's been a lot of punts, a lot of three and outs. Um, and so what happens then is, so you have the ball down a score, five minutes to play. You, do, you go three and out, you punt. The defense gets you the ball back, but not with a ton of time and a ton of resources. So I'm thinking, you know, you're pinned back at the 25, the 30, you've got maybe one timeout under a minute to play and you have to scramble. And to Kirk Cousins' credit, he has done a lot with those situations. Like he, he digs deep in those situations. And then the people who like him can say, you know, that wasn't his fault. They got, he got put in a bad spot. If they don't succeed, the people who hate him, like Kirk Cousins again, blows it. And it's like, well, it's not really his fault. He had five, you know, you know, no timeouts, 45 seconds left. He had to go to the whole field, get a touchdown, you know? Um, so I kind of went week by week this year, just to look at what the penultimate drive looked like for the Vikings. Um, so you got week one, the Vikings had the ball down three with seven minutes to play. So this is close to that penultimate, penultimate drive zone. They had a five play drive where they ended up punting. So basically they got one first down three and out punted the defense forced a punt. They got the ball back week two. They got the ball down three with four and a half minutes to play. Vikings went six plays punt. Again, basically got a first down and punted. Defense once again forced a punt back the other way to give the Vikings that chance to kind of tie the game again. Week three, throw it out. We dominated the Seahawks. Doesn't matter. Week four, down seven, six to play, early pick. Not good. Defense forced a punt. So still down seven with a little bit under six minutes to play. Eight plays, turnover on downs. Defense forces another punt. Vikings then go, this is the Browns game, another uh, turnover on downs. That was the scramble one, that final one. Um, week five, this one was weird. It's, it's hard to say. Again, this is where the data is not perfect, obviously, but that was the Lions game, um, the fumbles, the missed field goals. It was a little bit messy there at the end. Week six, you had up seven, four minutes to play, had the ball. This one, they had a good drive. They went eight plays. They punted. The Panthers didn't have a ton of resources, but they, they drove the ball all the way down and tied the game. That one, you can put that on the defense. But I think that was trending better. That was better, right? Week seven by week eight. Week eight, Cowboys. This one's tough. They had, this, they had the good long drive. They had this long over five-minute drive with a chance to ice the game ended up with just a field goal. You know what I mean? Like this is that penultimate drive. If you end that with a touchdown, you win that game, right? Obviously we're asking for big things all the time, but that's a game you'd like to win. It's the second to last drive is the chance that you had to win it. Uh, week nine was the Ravens game. That one was again, a little bit messy, a little bit tricky. Uh, the defense, again, I would say let them down in that one. Week 10, this is, this is pinnacle. Like this is if if the Vikings do what they did in week 10 more often, this team is like up there with the Packers eight and three level. They had the ball up seven with just over four minutes to play. They put together a fantastic 13 play four minute drive, absolutely ice the game. They don't, we know how bad the two minute defense has been in general, especially with points. Uh, so they don't even give them a chance to fail them. Kirk Cousins, you don't you don't put him in this position where he has to all of a sudden have this crazy drive to get a field goal to put Greg Joseph on the field to have the Vikings have a terrible letdown a missed field goal like this is the offense saying we are the best part of this team we're going to take control we're going to own this game and we're going to end it and it was the first time we'd seen victory formation from the Vikings besides the Seahawks game and it's like that's refreshing and that is what good teams do is they ice the ball when they have it with five minutes to play in the game. They know how to end a game. And so if, if that happens more often with the Vikings, more often with Kirk Cousins, you don't have this like, is he good, is he bad conversation. If we have more drives like that, less four or five play drives, punts, the defense has less shit going on for them and the Vikings are just going to be a better team. So it's something that I've thought is kind of interesting and it's like, um, I, hope, I hope we're trending the right direction because I think they did a, a little bit better job uh, and this this week, you talked about some of the clock management things like what Dalvin Cook did. 
that was that with that two minute drive to really ice the clock. Don't give Aaron Rodgers another chance after they had that whole thing going on. But I don't know. Have you guys thought about at all the two minute, the 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 penultimate like five minute drives with the Vikings? Um, I have a little bit um, more so in the fact that it's just like devastating to a fan, to a team. I'm assuming the defense as well, when they just, you know, they go three and out four plays punt, whatever it is, because you're trying to get some momentum. You're trying to do whatever you can to get, you know, the swing going back your way. And then you just have to give the ball right back. And then it's the other team's chance. So um, more so in the fact that I just know I've realized it's just like, God, how can we not figure out a way to just get a little something going rather than just like, oh, that drive just didn't work. And now everything is going to rely on a stop. And hopefully we get the ball back with enough time to get ourselves in position for a win. Yeah. Excuse me. I think there's like a lot of teams work on like four minute and six minute drills, similar to like the two minute drill where it's like doing exactly what Isaiah is talking about. And I think the one thing that gets tricky with that is in all those scenarios, like we're losing, I should say in a lot of them, we're losing. So like it limits some of the play calling too. And I think that's what it gets back to a little bit with the play calling is like, you'd think we would be like more aggressive. Like to me, it, it I almost, and it's a slippery slope, right? But I almost go back even further than that. Like I go back to like the, the third quarters, like I haven't looked at this, but I'd be interested to see like how we are doing comparatively to our opponents in the third quarter. Cause it's like late second, early third, or maybe the full third. It feels like that's when we're losing games. Like we go into this mindset where we're like, okay, we're going to run the ball. And for some reason we've had this obsession that we feel like we can run four yards of carry, but like it's the NFL and you really can't, if you're committing to the run like that, the other teams can diagnose that and just say, okay, we can figure out ways to solve this, whether it's like corner blitzes or things like that to like blow up plays. And then you get one blown up play and then it like screws the whole thing up. So some of it to me goes back to like the play calling and being less reliable. But I think if there were more games where we're leading in that penultimate drive, I think you that's a really valid point because then it's on us like the six minute drill, the four minute drill. Those drills that teams do are designed where you're up a score and you want to run the rest of the clock out. You're not even trying to score. You're just trying to like dink and dunk and run the ball and that sort of thing. So to me, I think a little bit more of it goes to like if we're in more winning situations, which goes back further in the game, which some of it, and I keep saying this, it feels like every week, but some of it's like if we're getting multiple play calls in and Kirk's just choosing the wrong one, that's still on him. That's not necessarily on Kubiak. So like, I don't know enough about the NFL, like behind the scenes. It'd be interesting to talk to somebody who would know like, Hey, our quarterbacks given like two, three plays is, would Kirk be a quarterback that's given that? I would assume so with the length of his career and kind of how he's developed here. And like, he's our guy essentially based on money and stuff like that. So I think part of me goes back even earlier in the game, but I think it's, it's a valid point of like, Today, we put that like th- there was that long, like seven minute drive, six minute drive. And it's like we put it together. And like when yeah. you do that, good things happen. Granted, we give up a touchdown on the next play. Then we go down again, whatever. But when you put together those late drives, like the fourth quarter drives, every single one needs to be, you know, eight plays, right? Like that's if you do that, you're going to have a good chance to win the football game. So I think it's an interesting point. Kind of cool research to look into, Isaiah. I, think, I, I hadn't thought about that a ton. I've thought more about, about like the third quarter, but haven't done the research yeah. on it. I th- I think that you and I land on the same page here, just with different different like, things leading yeah. us to it. But we just don't want the Kirk Cousins era to be defined by like the two minute drives, the one minute drives of like at the end of games where it's like it's football, but it's not the same football that you've been playing all game because defenses they have a different strategy. He gets a lot more stats there, like. We, we want a better way to quantify whether or not he's good besides does he lead game winning drives or does he not? And I think that a lot of times with Kirk Cousins has come down to like, did the Vikings win this week? Yes, he's good. Did they lose this week? No, he's bad. Um, you know what I mean? So 
it's uh it's it's something to kind of think about as you're watching the games it's it makes it kind of fun it's like you know like what are they going to do here in this and it's it's cool to hear that they talk about like the def- like the offenses have a strategy here with these la- like how can we milk clock keep the ball at the end of games but i'd i'd still like to see them do that if they're down like cuz we know how bad of like i'd rather have the other team be in the position that Kirk Cousins is constantly in of like 45 seconds got to go the length of the field one time out for a field goal then than having the Vikings have to do that because it, it 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 plays into that woe is me mentality of a Vikings fan base too of like we we always land in these situations and then it's always so much pressure on Cousins and whoever the kicker is and that's part of their jobs and I get that but I'd rather see us execute more effectively when we do have the ball and like put that pressure on the other team um, to have to scramble but yeah. Uh, that was just kind of something I've been thinking about with the Vikes and with Kirk Cousins specifically. So I think keep an eye on that, folks, as you're watching. I think one thing that's tricky too is when we're down in that situation, we really don't necessarily want to milk the clock unless we know we're going to score. So, like, if we go three and out, that's better than going six plays, taking three minutes off the clock and not scoring. And so that may play into it a little bit of like where you're aggressive, you're like taking shots down the field and that shortens the drive. But I still see see what your point is. And, and I think, yeah, like you said, we're pretty much in agreement. just different routes to get there. All right. Fantastic. Well, that wraps up Vikes talk. Uh, hot streak, baby. Two in a row. Feeling good. Oh. What do we got next week? 49ers? The Niners. Yeah. So we got the At Niners the next Niners. week. I mean, don't look now, but to me, three of the next four games... We should have a good chance of. We threw the buzzsaw. Yeah, we got through the buzzsaw because, like, I would say 49ers, Steelers, those will be tough games. And then, like, the Lions and Bears, obviously, on the road, both of them should be tough games. But those are teams we, I would say, we are better than. It's like three and four in the next, or three of the next four would be, would be solid. And we'll take an L to the Rams. And then, it, I mean, you just Rams win the division. Yeah. Rams are not an unwinnable game, True. too. So, like, I don't know. That again, this is the NFL. Like how quickly things change. It just becomes so interesting so quickly. So um And let's not forget like the Vikings back, are a baby. team that could beat anybody. And they proved that yeah. today. Like yeah. anybody they can beat, but they can also lose to anybody, which it'll be interesting in ten years if we look back on like this era of Vikings football and be like, wow, we kind of like it really wasn't that bad because like we were in every game. Like it was a really fun time to be a fan. Heartbreaking nonetheless in a lot of ways. But like if we get to a, the dog days where like we're like the Browns for five years, I mean that will we'll look back and be like, all right, I'll take the heartbreak instead of just being yeah. like irrelevant in football. So just some like the the ten thousand foot view on it. Yeah, love that. Pilot Connor mm-hmm. taking you uh sky high. All right. Uh, we will move on to the greater world of Minnesota sports with our Rose and Thorn segment. Uh, Dalton is not here, so I will not sing. No one's ever heard me sing except for my shower. Every rose has its thorn, just like every night has its thorn. Um, so we're going to do our Rose and Thorn segment. And what that means, it's our favorite thing of the week that was in Minnesota sports as well as our least favorite thing from the week that was in Minnesota sports. Uh, Lucas, we'll have you kick it off with your rose and thorn. All right. So I know we just wrapped up Vikes talk, but my rose has got to be win over the pack. Just we, we dug into it. Don't need to hear any more than that. But my thorn, this came out, just saw this. can't remember if it was yesterday or even day before, but, uh, the beloved Tortuga Williams Ostadio video came out of him laying an absolute haymaker on an opposing pitcher when he was not looking. Bit of a cheap shot. Um, tough look for the beloved guy. I mean, fans love him. Everyone loves him usually. I mean, I'm sure some people will like him even more after this, but <laughs> who knows? Just yeah. tough to see. Just the tough to see the big happy guy go into a rampage. Yeah, that was an absolute. Maybe maybe we'll retweet it on the Telling Sports page. But that was, if you haven't seen it, an all time cheap shot. Like it was straight from the <laughs> side. 
But I said to the group, he ran like from, yeah, like I thought he was the third base coach for a second, but I think he was in, he was on deck or something. Came out of nowhere. Oh. I got to imagine though, that gets your blood pumping in a whole new way. Like that just has to be like, you just need to yell woo after that. If you, if you go full on, he gave everything he had to that guy's face. Like that's one, if you slow it down, he's got spit flying out sideways. His face looks like it's his jaws you know, made out of rubber or something, but yeah, not a good look. I mean, yeah, perhaps to him though, because I mean, of all like the baseball brawls and fights for how coordinated with hand-eye coordination when it comes to that for with like being able to throw and hit a baseball, you don't see a lot of punches actually get landed in those things. The only like there's obviously like the Nolan Ryan one where you got the guy in the headlock. There was the Rognet Odor and Jose Batista when Batista Oof. just got just got handed his lunch basically. Ended his career. And then this one it was landed, but again, guy wasn't looking, but still he, he landed it. So I think at some point you got to tip your tap to or tip your hat to Tortuga too. That is not a guy who's sneaking up on many people. I got to imagine walking. He's a heavy breather. So uh, to be able to sneak up behind somebody with that body and uh, just lay one on him, it's a little impressive for some of us. Oh, that's classic. Freaking Tortuga. Again, if you haven't find this video, it is a all-time cheap shot. Um, okay, Connor, let us have your rose and thorn. So my rose is going to be a team that we haven't talked about a ton this year, and it's the Wild. Uh, the Wild hang a seven spot on the Dallas Stars, um, including four points from our Lord and Savior, Kirill Kaprizov. Um, wow, what a game. Dallas Stars, this was last, uh, or this was on Thursday this last week. Um, 7 2. And the Wild are playing really good hockey right now. Um, I, I think it's clear to say that, that right now they look like they'll be a playoff team. Granted, we're only a fourth of the way into the season, not even quite. So there's a lot of hockey left to be played. But if they can stay healthy, continue to progress, I mean, the sidebar, the Iowa Wild are playing really good too. Matt Boldy, yeah. Marco Rossi down there doing their thing. In Boldy's first game of the year this year, which was this last week, he scored two goals. So um, a lot of fun, exciting stuff happening with the Minnesota Wild over there in St. Paul. So that is my rose for the week. It's a good one, Connor. Thank you very much. I was in attendance for that one. I was actually, yeah. I was going to be my rose. I was going to give it to Evison for pulling the right strings with uh, Kaprasov, putting him on the third line for that game. Uh, got a lot of production out of him, so... Uh, my, I actually am going to cheat a little bit. My second rose, and we're going to go a little off the beaten Ooh. path here, is the Gophers basketball women with a top 10 Ooh. recruiting class coming in for next season. Um, four girls nice. in the top one, I think in the top 50 in the nation for next year's recruiting class for uh, Lindsey Whalen and the, and the Lady Gophers wow. there. Yeah, so that's huge. Go, Lindsay. Uh, the highest rated class in the Big Ten. Um, I think we don't talk a ton about um, women's sports because Lucas hates them. But um, the rest of us, obviously, are huge fans. And so um, I would like to kind of push that a little bit more in our meetings to talk about that. Uh, Cindy, if you're listening. Um, and so I think one thing, one thing about that is like, I think this was the vision for the Gophers women's basketball team when they brought in Lindsey Whalen, obviously. Um, some say the second best athlete ever to come out of Hutchinson behind me. And so that's a huge accomplishment, I'm sure, for her. And then um, playing in the WNBA, playing for the Gophers, making the only Final Four ever. Um, a lot of big things for her. But I know that high school thing's got to be kind of the top of her list and achievements. And so along with that, it's just the men's team playing well now. So Gophers looking up. So I actually had two roses this week. And my thorn is... Don't have a thorn. All things Doesn't are good thorn, this week. Folks. Things it's are just good. You're living We're high, baby. <laughs> no thorn for me this week. I'm just... And a happy Thanksgiving to you, yeah, too. All there right. There it is. Well, pick me up. Isaiah, how about you? Your rose and your thorn. Oh, I love that, Connor. Now I got to be the Debbie Downer. Um, okay, so I've got... I Like I said, I, my rose was going to be the the wild and that specific game. That was awesome. 
Um, but I'm going to pivot. I'm a flexible, agile individual. I'm going to go, though. Yeah, you guessed oh. it, folks. The Timberwolves are my rose of the week. They've had a really good week, honestly. Um, last week was the last two weeks were about as bad as it gets. So we're not going to talk about it that yeah. much. But they start the week um, with a competitive game against the Phoenix Suns. They lose by three. Uh, no moral victories, but this one kind of got them reset as a team, kind of got them back in the mindset of like, you got to compete every night. You got to play hard on defense. They didn't exactly fix any of their offensive woes. They didn't look great, but it was a, at least a better taste in your mouth than the absolute butt whooping they got from the Clippers uh, the previous Saturday. So then they followed up on Wednesday with an absolute stinker of a game against the Sacramento Kings, who have just fired their coach. Boop, 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 boop breaking news. Right. Um, they win by 10 in just a slugfest and not in the good way. Like, just a bad game, but you got to win those. So good win there. They follow that up with a very, very nice win against the Spurs. And obviously, the Kings and the Spurs, neither of these are like great teams. But the thing with the Wolves is, They've always had this sense of entitlement that makes them such a frustrating fan base or team to root for because they, they, they win one game against a nobody team. And then they think they're playing another nobody team and they think they are like, Oh, we'll just go in and beat them and they get beat. And everybody was worried about that with the Spurs game. And they did not do that. They came in, they played really well. They were efficient again, starting to get a little bit more going offensively. So that was great. And then last night was, just magnificent. Like I alluded to earlier, Anthony Edwards had just an incredible first quarter. The D'Angelo Russell was playing well. Carl Anthony Towns did his thing. Everybody scored except for Jake Lehman. Sorry, Jake. On the entire roster, um, they just whooped the Grizzlies who have always given this Timberwolves unit fits. Um, so that was just, you know, it was just a great cap to a week. Uh, got to keep it moving. We play the Pels next week. Then we got the Heat, the Hornets. That's a big one. That's a circled game for me because you know how I feel about LaMelo Ball and the hype that he gets compared to our boy, Anthony. Um, so that was a great roast just to see the Wolves freaking balling again. Like, that's awesome. Just when you think they're down, they're not out, baby. All right. Um, moving on. We'll cap you guys off uh, for this Thanksgiving week with a little bit of a thorn. But don't worry. It has nothing to do with Minnesota. For those of you who don't know, I'm a duck. Quack, 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 quack. quack. This was a brutal week to be a duck. Um, and I'll preface of why I'm allowed to talk about this team and this, this program is because they're probably the most Minnesota thing outside of Minnesota when it comes to sports of like, they are always in a like, good position to do good things. They could be better than they are. And they just shoot themselves in the foot so, 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 so much. Um, and they did it again this year. The Ducks football team were, they had complete control over their, their future, that their destiny was in their hands. They didn't have a ton of hard games. They had to play this Utah team twice. They go out there last night and just get routed 38 to seven. And that's all we need to say about that. And the second part to it is that I hate the Mormons because earlier in the week, the number 12 ranked Oregon men's basketball team got 40 balled, not quite, but 40 balled by <laughs> another Mormon unit and an even more Mormon unit. Brigham Young. Brigham Young. White. So, um, worst loss as a program, as a ranked team to an unranked team. That happened. It was a bad omen for last night. It's just been a bad week for Oregon sports. Uh, we're going to move on, but that's my thorn. They, uh, they just kind of pulled a Minnesota act on us this week out there in the great state of Oregon. Yikes. Yep. So, quack. Um, all right, folks. That's been everything we've got for you from the Mini Market Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for coming back from our short hiatus. Uh, we got a lot of people complaining. So, we're here. We're, we're, we're with it. Um, this has been... Your boy Zayerman signing off for Connor and Lucas. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Tell em Sports and uh, like and subscribe. Tell a friend. The holidays are coming up. You're going to be around your uncle uh, and you got nothing to talk to him about. Talk to him about the Mini Market Podcast. Just say, hey, you've been hearing what they're doing. 
We'd love it. We'd love it. So peace and love, folks. Go Wolves. Bye. I'll never get those 20 minutes back in my life. <laughs>